The following episode is brought to you by JK Strength and Fitness, a place where Coach John brings science back to lifting and fitness and exercise. He teaches you how to lift right and lift properly. Come check us out sometime. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Turf Talk. I'm Maggie. And I'm John. And today we have a very interesting topic of conversation. A question was submitted and someone would like to know, when am I most likely to burn fat? So I don't know if that necessarily means during a workout, during the day, time of day, time of year. Um, But I think this is going to make for some interesting conversation. So most likely to burn fat. Uh, I'm going to tackle this question in a couple of different ways. So you're going to burn the highest percent of fat. Let's say if you're burning carbs, sugars, and fat, the highest percentage of most fat is going to get burned while you're sleeping um, because your heart rate is a low heart rate and it's in a steady state for a long period of time. So the highest percentage of fat gets burned when you sleep, but that doesn't mean the highest amount of calories burned. Well, um, I'm already confused. All right. So <laughs> your body functions, breathing, digestive system, um, heart rate, muscle activity, all that takes calories to move. And when you're sleeping, your brain is still functioning, your heart is still going, you're still breathing. So your body is still moving and turned on while you're sleeping. The calorie content isn't very high because your muscles aren't active and the muscles take the most calories to burn, but your body's still active. So you are burning calories. Now, there's not a high heart rate, and the heart rate dictates whether you burn sugars, carbs, sugars and carbs, or fat. So since the heart rate's low, you burn a high percentage of fat. You burn a high percentage of fat when you're walking slow. You burn a high percentage of fat when you're sitting, but it's not a lot of fat. So is that why hot girl walks are so popular? Because you burn off all your fat on your hot girl walks? I don't know what that is, but I'm assuming it's a <laughs> slow walk. Yes, you burn yes. a high percentage of fat. But let's say you go for an hour slow walk and you only burn 50 calories. It's not a lot of calories, but you burn, let's say, 75% of that is fat and 25% of that is carbs. So you burn a high percentage, but the calorie burn is still low. It's not going to get you anywhere. One pound of fat is 3,600 calories. So let me say that again. One pound of fat is 3,600 calories. You burn 50 calories in an hour. That's going to take you a lot of hours in order to burn 3,600 calories. So it, it's not very effective. Now, if you do a workout and you burn 500 calories in an hour, and let's say you do Tabata or you do high-intensity interval training or you do a whole bunch of cardio with a high heart rate, you're going to burn more carbs and sugars. So the percentage of carbs and sugars will be a lot higher and the fat percentage will be a lot lower, but the overall calorie burn is high. So I guess where I get confused is if someone was consistently doing cardio workouts with high heart rates, burning carbs and sugar, wouldn't that eventually translate into burning fat? No, because the high heart rate can't burn fat. So I'm going to get a little nerdy on you right now, but there's a couple different ways to burn calories. Now the Krebs cycle, if you go way back to your biology days or anatomy days, physiology days, the Krebs cycle is how you burn fat. 
the problem with the Krebs cycle is it takes a long time in order to kick in and it, you have to have a lower heart rate. So the lower heart rate, let's say for, we'll take a train engine, the lower heart rate will keep the train moving for a long period of time, but at a slow speed. But you can shovel coal in there fairly easily. And it takes, it takes a while to burn. Now you kick up that train engine and you want to go fast. It's going to eat that coal up quickly. And you have to keep on feeding that coal back in the engine in order to keep that higher speed. That's your carbs and sugars. It's easy to burn and it's faster to burn. Whereas the fat molecules are slower and it takes longer, which means your heart rate has to be a lower heart rate zone. So if you take Orange Theory, you take some of these other um, zone training principles of the heart rate monitors, the orange zone, the green zone, all the zones, that's kind of where your heart rate zone is. And they work if you keep your heart rate in the zone for fat burning or carbs or sugar burning. Um, it just depends on how many calories you want to burn that hour. So if you stay, let's say, in the red zone, which is the highest zone you can, your heart rate can have, you're going to burn a high amount of carbs and sugars and a very low amount of fat. But you only have a limited amount of carbs and sugars in your body unless you eat. So once that carbs and sugars are gone, you've burned a ball, your muscle glycogen is called, then your intensity will have to drop because there's no more fuel to burn. That's where people get exhausted during, after a high intensity workout, after about an hour, hour and 15, your just energy level drops dramatically. You can feel it. That's when you're transitioned from your carbs and fats or carbs and sugars to a more fat burning zone. Your just intensity drops. You can't push yourself as hard as you can. So your carbs have run out. Now you can go for a slower walk for a longer period of time, four or five, six hours, because you're burning fat. That's where the difference comes in is it's called long, slow duration or high intensity training. Those are different aspects of burning calories. So I don't think anyone's going to be surprised by your answer, but if somebody wants to burn the most fat possible in a one hour workout, what should they do? So cardio is an option. High intensity interval is an option and weight training is an option. Let's say those are three of the most common options to do it. Well, if you go for cardio, you will burn calories, depends on where your heart rate is, for an extended amount of time, however long you're doing the cardio. And then when you hop off, your calorie burn slows down dramatically. But you're only burning carbs and sugars. Depends on where your heart rate zone is, yes. Okay. So if you have a lower heart rate, you'll burn more fat. If you have a higher heart rate, you'll burn more carbs and sugars. In the cardio workout. Correct. But if you have a lower heart rate, you won't have that many calories burned. You won't burn the amount that you're looking for. So there's percentages and amounts, two different things. If you have a higher heart rate, you'll burn a little more calories, but a less amount of fat. Does that make sense? So it makes sense. And sorry, because I know you're answering the two other options, but you said it's 3,600 calories and one pound of fat. Correct. So why couldn't I just work my butt off to get to 3,600 calories in a week? Burned 3,600 calories in a week. You can burn 3,600 calories, but it might not be fat. Got it. I see you're what you're saying. Calories. Okay, right. That's fat calories. Because your body still needs some calories. Of course. You have to have calories to run your body system. And if you're burning the wrong ones off, you're not going to look the way that you want to look if you're trying to lose fat. Correct. Okay. So now let's go number two, high-intensity interval training. That's where your heart rate's high and you burn a higher amount of calories but a lower amount of fat. 
So you'll burn the carbs and sugars off, but at some point your body will fatigue because the heart, the heart rate, a heart rate is too high and you've burned through your muscle glycogen and then you have to drop down to a fat burning zone. Mm -hmm. And that's where your intensity just drops down, but it's going to take more time. So that's where it's, you could do an hour and a half, two hours of a workout where you do high intensity first and then do long duration afterwards. But unless you have that amount of time, it's not going to work really well. The third option, weightlifting. That's where your muscles will burn the glycogen while you're working out. So if you do weight training, heavy weight training, at some point your muscles fatigue. You feel it during a set. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing 16, 20 reps of a bicep curl and your biceps fatigue and you can't get that 18th rep in, that's where your glycogen stores burn out. You're kind of fatigued out. You got to take a rest break in order to recharge that battery or recharge that muscle. Every time you do that, your body burns calories. So you have a higher calorie burn during that time, burning calories. So where the fat burning comes in and where you burn the most amount of fat is after your weight training session because the muscles have to be stimulated in order for EPOC, it's called excess post-oxygen consumption, to be flipped on. What that means is that you continue to burn calories at a higher rate for five to eight hours after you're done with your workout. So you burn a high percent or a high amount of calories during your workout with the weight training because the muscles require the calorie content. And then you continue to burn fat with your heart rate lower for hours on end after your workout where you burn the most amount of fat. So if somebody, could you argue that working out at weight training at night would be more beneficial for fat loss? Cause then you go to sleep in those five to eight your hours. Heart rate goes back down and then you burn a higher percentage of fat because of the low heart rate and your muscles are active. So that is a very good thought process where you can burn more fat. But then also if you're throughout the day, if you right. go work out in the morning, you're active throughout the day. So your heart rate is actually a little bit higher than normal and you still burn a higher percentage Slowly. of fat. Correct. Well, and it's interesting what you said, right? When you're doing bicep curls and you have to get to that point where you can't do the 18th curl, right? Or you're in a squat, you can't get that 10th squat um, in order to hit epoch is what you said, right? Correct. So in order for people to see the results through weight training, they have to push themselves. Correct. And I think that is the difference with a lot of HIIT workouts or um, that's what it is, right? High intensity interval, Correct, interval, yes. interval training um, is that sometimes it's easier to go to one of those classes and just get through it. And you still feel the sweat, you see the calories you burned, that kind of thing. But with weight training, you're not going to see the results you want unless you push yourself to failure. Correct. So the high intensity interval trainings, largely body weight, largely movements with small apparatus. You don't see high intensity interval training with squats or bench press or deadlift. That's just not what it's for. It's for jumps and med ball slams and jump rope and burpees and body weight movements where you're challenging your heart rate, but you're really not challenging your muscles. Mm -hmm. And the muscles are the ones that really get that epoch moving in the end of your workout. So if you do, let's say all my JK members, you guys know EMOM squats or FST7 squats, where at the end of those, that set of squats, you're cached, your legs are shot, you're breathing heavy, your body's exhausted, and you still have more workout to do. So at the end, your heart rate will stay elevated for a longer period of time because of the muscle activity that was used during that workout. 
And for those that don't know, EMOM is every minute on the minute. Um, and it's just basically moral of the story. It's a lot of squats. It's a lot of squats in the day. Um, a lot of deadlifts when we do those FST sevens and, and EMOMs, it's a, basically a high intensity weightlifting. That's where it comes in. High intensity weightlifting where the muscles get activated. Right. Right. Well, I get, and another question is how it's possible to burn muscle, to actually burn muscle off, isn't it? Yeah, of course. A muscle is very easy to burn. Carbs and sugars are your main source of energy that your body loves to burn. Muscle would be second. Fat would be third. So fat's very stubborn to of burn Of course off. it is. <clears throat> of course, our bodies are designed in order to keep a calorie content in our body for times that we don't get food. Right. If we go back in the day when um, humans were thousands of years ago, that's what we had to have in our body in order to survive because we didn't know when our next meal was coming. Now today we don't have to worry about that. Um, but yes, after those carbs and sugars get burned off all the muscle or the glycogen and you're still at a high intent or high heart rate where you cannot burn fat, your body will turn to muscle um, and it will eat muscle fairly quickly <clears throat> if there's no sugar in your body to burn. And the most common way to figure that out is your, your sweat starts to smell like ammonia, like a cleaning product. So when that starts to happen, you know, you've transitioned um, so ketoacidosis, we're actually burning muscle off instead of, um, any kind of carbs and sugars. So that is one reason why I don't like the keto diet is because you have very low carbs, very low sugars in your intake, which means you cannot have a high intensity workout, um, with weightlifting and burn carbs and sugars or fat, your body turns to muscle. Um, so that's one of the problems I have with that is, is the muscle burning properties of keto or you just can't have a higher intensity heart rate and you're going very low weights um, very low intensity which in my mind doesn't get you any kind of fit body it gets you a soft non-muscle forming non-strong body right okay well this episode was chocked full with a lot of terminology yep sorry oh. about that <laughs> well i was just gonna say for anybody listening if you have any questions um, feel free to DM the Instagram or message the Facebook or John or myself directly and happy to make a, a part two to this one just to define vocab words that you threw out or different cycles or uh, anything like that. Um, but before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add to the question? When am I most likely to burn fat? No, I mean, I did use a lot of scientific terms. There's a lot more behind that. If you were interested in more deeper information, definitely let me know. Um, I can try to simplify it if I can. Um, the best thing to do for total calorie burn, strong body, fit body would be to incorporate weight training with high intensity interval training on top of healthy nutrition, on top of some sort of cardio aspect in order to get a holistic fitness regime going that ensures you're getting the right calorie burn, the right muscle activity, um, limiting your muscle burn, keeping your fat burning alive and just getting the best results possible. Sounds like a lot of work. It's a lot of work, a lot of fun, and a lot of good results. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks. Have a good one, everyone. Have a good night.